And on the third day, Lord said, I'm going to send you straight to hell, your teeth falling out. Not gonna call the bout, we ain't throwing no towels in. You can break your chin and your orbital bone. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the number 4,684th most popular MMA podcast in the world. The MMA Scope. I am. I'm not done singing. I was just fucking around. Pat the dog Shaheen. And I'm Brutus the Barber Beef. No, pig. you're not. Okay, no, I'm Cole not. Henry. I'm Cole Henry. Cool deal. Yes. Um, Cole, we got a lot to cover. Uh, we didn't uh, make predictions for last night's card. Here's what we're going to do. Talk about some UFC 245. Let me know when you're ready. Yes, sir. Uh, UFC, I'm sorry, you said we're going to talk about 245? Yes, yes. That we're was going to jump back to wh- 2019. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover 245. Okay. That's Amanda Nunes. Uh, two, UFC 245, I believe, was... Uh, I, I We're going to talk about UFC 249. Our first fight of the night on UFC 245 is Mr. Ryan Spain. He got the win over Sam Alley. Yeah, uh, split decision. What do you think about that 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 one judge that, that gave it to Alley? Uh, yeah, I have no clue. We both took Span on that for the official yeah, record. Yeah, admittedly, Span did have some issues at certain points in the fight, it mostly was weird. with his cardio. Yeah, it seemed like a matchup where Span should have been able to get an easy win. But Alvey's just one of those, those kind of weird dudes. I think we learned more about Ryan Spann than Sam Alvey. Yeah, I agree. Alvey's just a vet, you know. Up next, we have Mr. Arkansas himself, Mr. Bryce Mitchell, getting a win over Charles Rosa. This fight had an ever-so-rare 30-24 uh, scorecard. I am going to be honest. Uh, I picked Charles Rosa. I picked Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I thought that Charles Rosa's jiu-jitsu was just going to be too good for Bryce Mitchell's. Uh, Where does Bryce Mitchell's jiu-jitsu rank I, at that weight class? I don't. Uh, it's it's I mean, above it's, par. It's really difficult to say. I mean, he's apparently a black belt in jiu-jitsu, which... Daniel I, Cormier will tell you that he believes firmly it's a legit black belt, even though he got it in the state of Arkansas. Well, I mean, that's, I, listen, I don't mean to be a, a dick here, but, like, you know, Arkansas is not known for its jiu-jitsu schools. And I think for I mean I've heard that he's he's uh, training at the University of Arkansas with their wrestling team, so that explains his you know his, his great takedowns and whatnot. But his jujitsu seems to be really good. Charles Rose was a black belt from ATT, and Bryce Mitchell chewed through him. Are like you was nothing. ever gonna get tired of seeing a dude attempt twisters every single fight? No, it seems to be like a jab for him. He just goes for it I on love the ground. It. I, love I, it. I think if he gets a little better at finishing, and again, Charles Rose was a good black belt. Yes. His defense is good, but I think if you know Mitchell, he was. And uh, some a really black good... belt at jiu-jitsu is not going to tap to a twister. Well, I, I mean, I think in, if you get him, you know, in a precarious enough spot with it, he will. I, I just think that part of the issue is that Mitchell just, I think he needs to work on finishing some of those submissions. Because he just has to, and again, I, I wouldn't be able to finish him. I'm just saying, from my perspective, it seems like he was in some spots where he, he, he had Rosa in a really bad position. And he let Rosa out of it. And again, good on Rosa for escaping, but I think that Mitchell needs to be able to, to, to finish there. Up next, we start our prelims. Not the early ESPN Plus prelims. Make sure you buy ESPN Plus sponsors. Uh, we have Mr. Vicente Luque getting a dub over Mr. Nico Price. I'm not sure on your pick, but I do know I picked Luque here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked Luque as well. I'm pretty I, sure you did too. I like Nico Price. He's 
kind of like a firework type of guy. He's a cool fighter. He's a guy that's easy to root for. But if I'm going to make bets and talk to people about betting odds, I'm going to be honest with people. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his record since coming to the UFC, he he started out... you know, with a solid, a solid uh, four wins in his first six fights. One of those was a loss to Vicente Luque, and one was a no contest, uh, which was actually a win. But he tested positive for marijuana, so he overturned it. Uh, that's huge for you. That cheating bastard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look, uh, he beat Randy Brown in 2018 uh, with a second round knockout. That was a fight where he finished Brown off of his back. Brown was um, on his knees. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Since then, he's uh, two and three. He's alternated KO wins and losses. Um, he's just one of those guys. He's exciting, but he's probably not going to, because he's so reckless, he's probably not going to get, you know. Cool presence on Twitter if Nico Price ever hears this, just because, you know, of all the UFC fighters that might be a dude that might one day hear. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Nico Price. Yeah, he's extremely exciting. And the same can be said about, about Luke. You know, this is a good win for him. But, um, you know, I just think that, you know, both guys are reckless. They're exciting. Good fight. Uh, up next, we have Carla Esparza getting a win over Michelle Watterson. I would like to just claim that I was, uh, my pick doesn't count here. I was completely biased because I am in love with the fighter I picked, um, I and that hasn't that hasn't changed. Yeah. So. Uh, I assume you, you picked, picked Michelle you, Waters. Yes, and you picked Carlos Sparks. Did I pick Carlos? You did Sparks? pick Carlos Sparks. Okay. Well, if I did, good on me. I don't honestly remember. I, I remember that I um, was surprised that it went the way it did. I don't know why Michelle Waterson. Uh, was a, a, a kind of a somewhat of a heavier underdog than I would have thought, and uh, I guess people were right. She lost, but um, Carlos Bars has managed to turn things around after it looked like she was uh, going to fizzle out after her initial title run. She's uh, won three straight, so uh, good on her. Up next, we have, and I called this fight to perfection: Alexi Olenek beating Fabricio Rendon via decision. I said that was the. F- Smart money fight of the night. I picked Olianik to win a sleeper, and that's exactly what that fight was. It was not great from either man, but Olianik gets the win. Yeah. Um, Fabricio Verdum uh, looked like he'd eaten uh, an entire... Bro. Let's just, let's just say it. If Fabricio's right here with the boomerang, you ain't saying that. Let's be honest. He's not going to fit through that door. No. He was fat. And I don't mean it. This is, you know, when I call him fat, he honestly was in pretty good shape for a 42 year old dude. But just. Whole squat, 700 pounds. Don't call him a casual, bro. No, I, do, I, I squat every bit of 700 pounds. Uh, my point with Fabrizio Verdun is that the standard that we've come to expect from him, he did not seem to meet that standard. His striking seemed to have regressed. You know, he didn't do much on the ground outside of a few spots. He just looked like a guy that's in his early 40s is coming off of a two-year suspension. And uh, you got to wonder if he'll be able to capture any of that magic that uh, allowed him to win the world championship. As far as Ole and Nick, great win for him. I uh, love him. He's, he's just great. I just love Alexi Ole. I mean, it's a great win in terms of paper value, but... Well, if, when you look at his record in 10 years, you're going to think, damn, he beat some good fighters. Yeah, absolutely. Never mind the fact absolutely. that he's old, too. I do have to say he's this about him. 40-something. 42, yeah. Uh, he fought um, Neil Grove in Bellator in 2010. I was living in Baton Rouge at the time, and I'd been an Ole Nick fan for a, lo- a long time because he just fought constantly, which was rare for a heavyweight, and he submitted everybody, which I was obsessed with submissions at the time. Anyway, uh, he fought Neil Grove in Bellator, and Neil Grove knocked him out in 45 seconds. And I remember thinking, like, damn, you know, he's he's his early 30s. Like, he's, this is probably it for, for Alexi Ole Nick. And uh, I was very, very wrong. Yes. 
Up next in our just past their prime fight of the night, our prelim headliner, which either of these guys are going to be lucky to ever get again. Uh, We've got on a good card at least. I'm sorry. I'm just done acting like I'm enthused about either man. Anthony Pettis gets a win over Donald Cerrone. Note that it was at welterweight because both guys know. Both guys just know that it doesn't matter the weight class. They are stepping stones at best. It's weird. I, I want to say this about Pettis. It's it's weird how and I don't. This is probably just my opinion. I'm not going to act like the MMA world as a whole sees it this way. But I feel like he's as nice as that win was over Stephen Thompson. Enough people accept that it was just a fluke that he's not really thought of as a threat at welterweight, which is weird to me. I mean, he has a win over a top three or four guy, you know, a really good fighter at welterweight. But uh, I just think he was getting beat in that fight. Just nobody really respects him. And uh, I'm not saying they should. He's definitely not the fighter he once was. And I mean, when I say respect, I mean in terms of being a contender at welterweight. Uh, he just hasn't looked good in a very long time. We were at your parents' house. Anthony Pettis was defending his light heavy, his lightweight. lightweight title against Rafael Dos Anjos. And I was all aboard the Pettis train. It was showtime, baby. Ah. And my heart was broken that night. And since then, I've learned, do not rely on Anthony Pettis. Well, and people have to remember also, though, you aren't the only person. I mean, Dos Anjos, Pettis was like the anointed, you know, he was like the future. And Dos Anjos was not, you know, he was a solid fighter, but he was not thought of as like a a huge challenge to Pettis. Most people thought Pettis would get through him relatively easily. And uh, it just did not happen. It was a one-sided, absolute ass-whooping. To kick off our main card, we have Crack Hardly. Shout out to Crack Hardly on Twitter. That's my dog. Um, Greg Hardy evolving his game and beating Jorgen DeCastro via decision. Yeah, uh, I thought this was kind of an interesting fight for Greg Hardy because Jorgen DeCastro, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a, a contender, but he's really the first guy that Greg Hardy's fought that's sort of, um, you know, he's, skill. Yeah, he's mostly fought guys that are either well below him or, in the sense with Volkov, just well Way above him. Too yeah, I would say Jorgen DeCastro was the first time we've seen him fight a guy with the same skill set, and, and he did well. I mean, he seemed to have a few issues with cardio, but, uh, I mean, from what I understand, he does a lot of cocaine. Um, um, don't quote me on that. My uh, I picked DeCastro, but I'll claim bias. I hate the Cowboys and Panthers, so I can't pick for Greg Hardy in it. Yeah, I believe um, you picked Greg Hardy. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably did pick Greg Hardy but just you- because... I, I know this sounds funny, but when you look at two guys like this, nothing stands about, out about Castro. Nothing particularly stands out about Hardy either, outside of the fact that we do know he was a really good athlete. World-class athlete, massive. Yeah. Uh, up next, I was totally wrong about this pick. I'm an asshole. Jeremy Stevens gets absolutely worked by Calvin Guitar. Uh, yeah, this you fight. Guitar. This fight, yeah. I mean, it went. I mean, it went the fight a lot. The way a lot of people I think thought it would go, me included. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is a good fighter. He's exciting, but he's just kind of, I think, past the point of being um, the A-side in most fights. He really needs to land that big shot to win, whereas Qatar just, his boxing's so crisp. Stevens doesn't have the leg kicks that have troubled Qatar in the past. This was just easy to pick for me. At this point, you know, I think it's fair to ask, who the fuck is that guy? It's, it's you know, Stevens had, has had a brilliant run in terms of just longevity. I mean, his first UFC fight was in 2007. Uh, UFC 71, but he's he's definitely past contender uh, contender status. Uh, we had our first murder of the night. I was wrong about this pick as well, must because I'm a hater. Francis Ngannou slaughtered a man. Yeah, I don't even really know what to say at this point. I mean, it's it's 
people have been making this comparison, and it's, it's very accurate. He's he's Deontay Wilder of the UFC. Like we know he's not the most technically proficient fighter. You know we've seen him beat before, but um. I mean, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, just to put this into perspective, I mean, this guy's not, he's new to MMA. You know, he's had 11 fights, he's 10-1, and one, but he's not new to combat sports. He had 85 professional kickboxing fights, 76 uh, wins, 8 losses. Only two of those losses came by knockout. I and mean, for what it's worth, I mean, he wasn't fighting, like, in glory, you know. He was still fighting good fighters, but he wasn't fighting top-of-the-line kickboxers. But still, he did only suffer two knockout losses, and Frangani would just shovel him in 20 seconds. Um, doesn't Ganu get the next title God shot? damn, if he doesn't, man. I mean, if, they, if they're going to do DC, Stipe, sign the fucking contract. Did you see that Cormier said if Stipe won't fight, that he'll fight? And Francis? I don't put it past Dana to strip DC and put the real belt on the line for that fight because he's trying to push Francis and he's got a legend that he can put him up against in Daniel Cormier. I've always wanted to see DC and Ganu. I don't know why. God damn, that would be... That would be wild. Um... NR, just bullshit. I, I got a tweet that did some numbers about this. I was wrong about my pick because I'm a hater. Uh, Henry Cejudo defeats Dominic Cruz via uh, TKO. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I you know, I think a lot of people figured that Cejudo would win this one. He's just a generation younger than Cruz. Um, that being said, I had faith. I'm not going to lie. I, Cruz was, you know, way back in the day. When, or I say way back in the day. When I first got into MMA, not like it was years, you know, he was just one of my first favorite fighters. I've always enjoyed seeing him compete, and it's it's a pretty rare thing. So it was cool to see him come back. But, um, you know, I'll get to the finish in a second. But he was really outclassed. I mean, even on the feet, he was not really able to get anything going. Uh, his footwork was there, I guess, but his punches just weren't landing. Um, and the finish, you know, I think when it happened, my initial thought was that it was a bit early because it seemed like Cruz was trying to move towards the fence. But, I, I you know... I've thought about it. You know, again, I, I don't think I would have been upset had the ref let Cruz continue. But um, at the same time, you know, I don't know that he would have got up and done right. anything. So it's just... Henry Sue would have won the fight. Yeah. Um, there's been better stoppages. There's been worse. We saw a pretty shitty one last night. Yes, we did. My tweet that did some real impressive. No, I'm just going to brag on myself here. Once Do again, it. Follow me at, at P-T-D-S-H-A-H-E-E-N. Henry Cejudo is a shit stain on the UFC's history, one of the worst champions of all time, and I'm glad he's leaving. Let me explain myself. Let's hear it. One, I was intoxicated. Okay. Okay, Let's start there. I was fairly intoxicated. Uh, Two, Henry Cejudo had a very controversial decision against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, a legend of the sport, to win the 125 title. Instead of trying to rectify a loss to Joseph Benavidez... Or run a trilogy with Mr. Mighty Mouse. Once again, I'll die on this sword any day. The best 125-er to ever do it. Uh, He looks for a super fight in TJ. Dillashaw is granted it. Beats Dillashaw twice consecutively. No. Beats Dillashaw once. Dillashaw pops. Beats Magic Man. Look. The Magic Man win. Good win. Beating Dominic Cruz. Good win. Having a win against Demetrius Johnson. Good win. Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yan, Joseph Benavidez. That's all I'll say. Nelson Figueroa. To me, the the biggest one is is Sterling because he's just been there for so long, so winning long. fights. And you know, you can't look at Sehudo's record. You know, he he he's done some really impressive stuff. He he um 
he's you know he's beat Demetrius Johnson. It was kind of a iffy Bullshit. decision, but he, he did technically beat him on paper. He beat Dillashaw, even though you know a lot of people can say Dillashaw was compromised by cutting the flyweight. Maybe that's the case. Still beat him. The Marlon Marias win to me is, is the, the defining win of his career. Absolutely, because he was in trouble in that fight, and he was the much smaller man against someone of. Just a little subpar athleticism. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's all the proof you need that he can beat anybody in the division on I the agree. right night. But then, you know, the Cruz win, again, it, it's kind of another, it's a legacy type win. You know, when you look at this four-fight streak, beat Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw, Marlon Marias, and Dominic Cruz. I mean, that's a solid four-fight win streak. It really is. But it's just, when you know the other guys that were there that he could have fought, it just feels like he's retiring with, with more on his plate. You know, like there's stuff left on his plate. Absolutely. And he's choosing to walk away from it. And Absolutely. I just think it's it's difficult to to really know where to put him in that sense. But um, anyway. So that was that. Was that. Uh, sorry for any Sehudo fans out there. Sorry. Fuck, fuck Henry Sehudo. I'll fight him. I yeah. swear to God, I'll fight him. Uh, don't. Don't, uh, I'm just I'm no don't comment. call his man. No, no don't comment. call Ali. Uh, we have direct contact with Ali Trust. Um, don't investigate us, please, FBI. Um, our main event of the evening, Thriller, a fight that uh, Tony Ferguson did not have to sign up for. I got my pick wrong in this fight. I went with Tony. Justin Gaethje stops Tony Ferguson, something many people thought was never going to happen again after Michael Johnson. They were wrong. Uh, what you think? Listen, I, I like Tony Ferguson, but he's he's fucking retarded. Let's just he let's should just, not have let's just that make that clear. Not only did he take a fight, it, it's like okay, you got a bridge to where you're trying to get, and it's right in front of you. You just gotta wait for the the, the it's a toll bridge. You gotta That's wait right. for it to lower. Yep, yep. Oh, instead, Tony Ferguson decided to get out of his car and swim through shark infested waters yep. to try to get to yep. the to this very same spot, yep. and it cost him here. And it sucks, because I've said this from the beginning. I feel like Ferguson's the toughest matchup for Khabib. I feel like Gaethje was the toughest matchup for Ferguson. I mean, I just think it's, it's the way these things fall. Gaethje, to me, is not as compelling of an opponent for Khabib as, as Ferguson. I agree been. completely. I love Gaethje. I think for him to beat Khabib, it takes a flash. You know, he's not going to consistently beat him at any point in the fight. You know, maybe if he beats him, it'll be because he catches him with a knee. I mean, unless I'm vastly underestimating his grappling, I just don't see how he beats Khabib. We've never seen his grappling. Exactly. That's the problem. But here's the thing. You know, and that's always kind of been sort of a trope, uh, you know, something that people will, will kind of... Vitor Belfort was the first guy. You know, he was mostly a striker, and it, you would always hear about this black belt that he had. And he did have one, but people would act like, yeah, he's good on the, on the feet. But if he goes to the ground, well, he'll kill you there. Which is logically speaking, if a dude's extremely skilled in one area, you're going to see him there at some point. Right. So for me, you know, to think that Gaethje is going to be able to stop Khabib's takedowns just seems kind of, I don't know, a little ridiculous. But I guess we'll have to see. That's all we're going to talk about for UFC 249. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, all right, UFC Fight Night 175. That's Smith versus Teixeira. This was last night. I guess we'll get through this as quickly as possible so we can talk about uh, the Overeem Harris card. There's a lot to talk about there. Um, prelims, pretty good set of fights here. Chase Sherman beat Isaac Villanueva. Shout out to Villanueva Gorilla. Great to see him back. Yeah, he uh, while he was out of the UFC, he picked up three MMA wins, and he also won the uh, Police Gazette BKFC. Uh, you know, you know whatever the acronym is. Um, Bare Knuckle Boxing Heavyweight Championship, and he ended up losing it before re-signing with the UFC, but uh, probably did raise his stock a little bit. He's only 30 years old. 
Um, solid heavyweight. will be interesting to see what he can do in a second run in the UFC. Uh, Brian Hel- uh, Kelleher beat Hunter Rezer. Um, Omar Morales beat Gabriel Benitez in a violent fight. Um, you saw Benitez's shin. Yes, bullet wound shin. Uh, that was a great fight. Uh, man, those dudes, those dudes went all out. But yes, his shin was absolutely disgusting. I, I honestly didn't know that. I just didn't. They should not have shown that. They, I yeah, would have been fine not. It's wild that. how much they just kept showing it. Yeah. You know, like on the NFL, there's a bad injury. They'll show it one time, then they won't show it again. With this, though, they were like, look at the bomb. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then Ciara Eubanks just beat the shit out of Sarah Morass. Wasn't even really competitive. I took a shower during this fight. It was a... Not was a, sexist. Took a shower during this fight. How was the shower? That was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, main card. Michael Johnson. Now, you texted me last night, uh, right after Michael Johnson loses this fight, and said, I was typing something... That would have, you know, been a compliment to Michael Johnson. And then you watch this fight unravel and decided just not to tweet it. Well, I was really glad I didn't tweet because it, it would have included that he beat Tony Ferguson. Right. And then I saw Juice tweet something about how everybody had to point out that Ferguson. Pretty sure it was Juice said that everyone had to point out that Ferguson um, or that, that Johnson beat Ferguson. You know. Right. And when I saw that, I immediately was like, "Oh, thank, oh. thank God!" Uh, shout out to uh, Juice and the Fighting with Myself podcast. You can find it on uh, most uh, podcasts. What do they call them? Podcast catchers? I don't know. Anyway. uh, So, uh, yeah, Tiago Moises uh, beat Michael Johnson with a heel hook in the second round. Michael Johnson's got three heel hook losses now. Tough for him. Big win for Tiago Moises. Uh, On up the card, heavyweight Andre Arlovsky beat Felipe Lenz. Uh, Lenz is kind of notable because he won the PFL heavyweight championship uh, last year, which means that he won... A uh, $1 million prize. A lot of people question why he would have come to the UFC, um, considering the situation that he was in. But uh, it's like I was telling you earlier, I think that if you don't win the PFL tournament, what you get is, is pretty limited in terms of the, the money. So uh, he probably can make more per fight in the UFC, just maybe with not as much upside right. in the long run. Um, in terms of, you know, in three fights, he won't have a million bucks. But, you know, if he can lose and make more. Anyway. Uh, Ricky Simone beat Ray Borg in a good back and forth fight. Uh, split decision win for Ricky Simone. Um, Drew Dober co- uh, KO'd Alexander Hernandez. You were saying something earlier about Drew Dober being a, a, a beefcake. I just, figured a, out. just a hunk of a man. Just a just them thighs. He's got good features. Good lord. Yeah, he's a, he's a thoroughbred for sure. Hitler would have loved him some Drew Dober. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. God. That's all I'm gonna say. Jesus. Uh, Drew Dober, uh, is, I mean, is he a contender? What's his ceiling? Mm, top ten. Yeah, I, I think so. Top too. ten. I mean, I, he trains at he trains with the right guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got all the physical features you look for. There's just things I see in his game that tells me he couldn't beat a Dan Hooker. And if you, I don't think you can beat a hand, Dan Hooker until you prove me wrong. Then I don't think you're going to be a top five guy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's just, uh, I mean, he he wants to fight with uh, Paul Felder. I, I could see that going for, uh, you know, going his way. But beyond that, it, it gets kind of tough. I mean, Khabib, Ferguson, those are those are tough matchups. Um, but I don't know, you know. Uh, Come any event, Ben Rothwell beat Ovin St. Pro. We won't say much about this one. Uh, this was Ovin St. Pro's heavyweight debut. Didn't go his way, obviously. Uh, I thought the split decision was a little ridiculous. Felt like Ben Rothwell clearly won. Though it did get dropped. 
Main event. Uh, Glover Teixeira beat Anthony Smith. TKO due to punches in the fifth round. Um, have you ever had your teeth knocked out? No. Uh, yeah, that was wild, man. Uh, let Real quick, good for Glover. Uh, that was very impressive for him to withstand two rounds of just a berating Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith's M.O. to get to that title shot was knock out old dudes. And he did it very effectively, very fancy. People loved watching it. Um, and it looked like that was the game plan tonight. Glover's an older man. Let's go knock him out. Um, that wasn't the case. Glover withstood, put on a great performance round three, four, and the start of five. Uh... They had an exchange of words while on the mat. Glover's apologizing to him as pum- as he's pummeling his face with fists. Uh, there's clips of Anthony Smith reaching down, grabbing teeth, and handing them to a referee. There's audio clips of Anthony Smith walking to his corner after the fourth round and saying, my teeth are falling out. Do you think that having no crowd, like... I love it. Do you think we would have noticed all of that with no. the crowd? Hell no. We would have, I mean, there would have been clips of the teeth, yeah. and somebody might have gotten a muffled, my teeth are falling yeah. out, but I mean, the fact that it's so clear to hear live on television. It's like extremely personal. It becomes way. such a talking point, mm-hmm. and I think it's good for the UFC. I really do. I think this allows guys to get a little more personality out there, honestly. Um, earlier this night, I believe it was the, uh, the Mexican and the El Salvadorian man. And now Salvadorian oh. man's landing some shots, and he's literally like, it's like a karate hip, but he's like cheering himself on as yeah. throwing body kicks, and it's badass. Mm-hmm. Like, I want all of that. Give me all of that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, what's next for both guys? If Glover wants another title shot, you got to look at the top three guy, Tiago Santos. Stands I think out that's me. a good match. Santos up. needs a big win. Yeah, Glover needs he, a big win. You dude. mentioned that. That's not a fight that had ever popped into my mind, but I think that's a really Is good John fight. Jones itching to fight anybody he's already beat convincingly? That's always the question. There Especially you go. with, he's had, again, it's kind of like the criticism that I had for Henry Cejudo earlier. I'm really picking at hairs here, like splitting hairs. But John Jones' last few performances have not been what we've come to expect from him. So it could be that he's not willing, you know, like why risk a potential heavyweight, you know, a big heavyweight title fight? I don't know how John Jones thinks, but, uh, you know, why fight Glover to share again? It's unlikely he would lose, but, you know, why take that risk when you can move up to heavyweight? Anthony Smith needs to work on his wrestling uh, and needs to go back to the drawing board. Um, he looked great for two. He really did. Uh, Daniel Cormier mentioned you need to slow down. That's what I was going to say. And Daniel Cormier called it perfectly. His corner just overran him. It was his corner was calling everything, and as any corner would want, your fighter is doing everything you ask, and there's a point where you reach physical limits. I mean, we're at a point where we can't train normally right now. Maybe it wasn't the best idea. It's actually, to, a really good point. Right. I mean, so who knows what he did to prepare? Looked for this amazing. Fight. He's a top five light heavyweight. I think that speaks more to the light heavyweight division than Anthony Smith himself. And I know I'm shitty for saying that. No, but you know. But he can get there. 
There's rumors John's thinking about moving up. That's all these guys hope. I mean, all these guys only hope for a title is John Jones leaving the division. It's wild that in all this time that John Jones been at light heavyweight, it's not like there's been one guy. I mean, I mean, I guess it's Cormier. Yes. But the division's not really had like a good contender come up in right. so long. Like they, they just don't get through the rankings. They yes. all will lose to these these high ranked you know they, veterans. And then when they push them after a two fight win streak to Jones, it doesn't work out well for them. My pick for a potential future contender this is just random. At light heavyweight is Johnny Walker. Up. Well, no, Alonzo Menafield. Oh, Johnny Walker. Who? Johnny Walker. I'm not familiar. The greatest fighter in UFC history. You saw after losing his second straight fight, he said that his goal was to win the light heavyweight belt and then move up and win the heavyweight he title. He I love Johnny he's Walker. He's never lost. I hope he does it. He's never lost. He is undefeated. That's that's all we got for that card. We need to cover up. Uh, yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, all right. Um, a, lot, a lot of fights, obviously, in the next few days, but we're just going to talk a little bit about Overeem versus Harris, and then we'll get to... Uh, Fight Night 176 next week. Uh, UFC on ESPN 9, Overeem versus Harris. Um, this card, or, or this fight was supposed to have taken place uh, at some point earlier this year, but it was pushed back because of the uh, coronavirus outbreak. So it is now the main event of this card. Um, we'll get to Walt Harris here in a little bit. Uh, preliminary card, I guess. You want to do odds for these? Sure. Uh, do you want to call them out? Or? Sure. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong in order. Uh, according to Covers.com, all of these odds are from Covers.com, so we'll go with Covers.com here. Uh, our first fight of the night is Courtney Casey versus Mara Romero Barella. Uh, Casey is a minus 150 favorite to Barella's plus 125 underdog. I, I'm not picking yeah, I mean, most of these fights. Casey's just, solid. Barella's not really good at anything. Kind of just a fighter. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Cole's got the expertise here. Well, uh, we, uh, we're moving on to Darren Elkins, who's a minus 115 favorite, to Nate Land Landwer, Landwehr, uh at minus 100. That doesn't make much sense to me. They're extremely close odds. To me, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not familiar with Nate Landwehr. <laughs> but for him to be fighting Darren Elkins, who's an extremely solid veteran, and for these odds to be so close, it it just makes me wonder if these odds are based more on you know Elkins' three straight losses because he's fought really good opponents, right? Um, you know, or if Nate Landwehr is very a, good, and we've just yeah, a guy that's him. been under my radar. Um, so I can't really comment too much on that one. But I do think it's odd that it's such an even fight, you know, considering the the, the popularity difference in these two guys. I know that sounds weird, but it goes that way sometimes. Next up, we got Miguel Beza uh, going against the immortal Matt Brown. Beza is a minus 205 to Matt Brown's plus 170. The fact that Matt Brown is on the preliminary card is a goddamn travesty. I agree. It's disgusting. Makes no sense. Guarantee you he makes most of the under, most more than anyone on the undercard. For sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> that being said, Miguel Baeza is a solid fighter. I don't know a ton about him. I think he's like 8-0, something like that. Um you know, this is the type of fighter that Matt Brown's always fighting, uh, kind of up-and-comer type guys. Um, at least that's kind of what he made his name on. Um, uh, it's just hard to judge this one. I mean, Matt Brown, I believe, is 39 years old. He's probably a top-five fighter all time for me. I just love this guy's fighting style for so long. But um, it, it's just hard to – you know, he's extremely violent. If he hits Baeza, Baeza will go to sleep. But it's just – it's tough to judge a fight when you've got a 39-year-old uh, fighter, you know, it's just, it's difficult. 
We have dead even money on our next fight. Kevin Holland minus 110 to Anthony Hernandez minus 110. Uh, to me, that's another interesting one. I, I mean, think Holland, I, I like Holland in it, that fight. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, he's not been great, but he's no. just been fighting much higher competition uh, than, than Anthony Hernandez has. Um, so, yeah, to me, I, that's I geared more towards Holland, but those are super close odds. Up next, we have Mike Davis. I'm not going to lie to you, bud. Mm-hmm. No fucking clue who Mike Davis is. Minus 222. I know who Giga is. Giga Chickadzee. Um, yeah, what, what were the odds again? Minus 222 plus 185 for Mr. Giga. Yeah, Mike Davis. I feel like he had a nice win. Uh, oh, Mike Davis is the guy that absolutely hammered Thomas Gifford. Remember that big, tall guy from Arkansas okay, with a ponytail? Yeah, Mike yeah, Davis yeah, just yeah, beat yeah, the yeah, shit yeah, out yeah, of him. Sure. And remember earlier I was telling you that that Marco... Is that the Super Jesus dude? Yes. And remember oh. earlier I was telling you oh. that Marco Montoya, whatever, the guy from X Factor, uh, X Factory, had, hey, he'd coached uh, Anthony Smith through that ass whooping, Eric Andrews through his ass whooping to uh, that dude Khalil Roundtree, and I couldn't remember the third guy. Well, the third guy was Thomas Gifford. That's who it was. Those three guys all have the same coach who refused to pull him out, I don't of, like out of a beat. I don't like Mike Davis. He yeah. scares me. Yeah. Um, up next, we have Rodrigo Ferreira. He is a plus 104. Apparently, that's a favorite to Dante May- Dantale Mays at minus 120. Um, yeah, actually, Dantel. You said, who's the minus? Minus is Dantale Hayes yeah, at he, minus 120. Okay, so he's like a slight favorite. Right. Rodrigo Ferreira is plus 105. Okay, so he's like a slight, slight underdog. Yes. Um, yeah, Dantel Mays, I believe, is 6-3 and three overall in his career, which, you know, doesn't tell you much. And as far as I know, uh, Rodrigo, isn't it like Rodrigo Nascimento or something? Nascimento. Yeah, I think he's it. undefeated, but I just, again, I don't know a ton about these guys. I think Dantel Mays is a uh, a contender series, series guy. guy. Yes, yeah, you're correct about that. And I think he beat somebody on and He's fought, I think he fought Cyril Gain. And uh, Cyril Gaines submitted him with a heel hook, but um, it's not a fun fight to come into the UFC. No, it's kind of a rough matchup, especially for a contender series guy. They usually kind of get, you know, well, actually, they generally do get fed of the wolves. I don't know what I'm thinking. All right, up next we have featherweights, Mr. Song Yadong going up against Marlon Chito Vera. Song Yadong is a minus one eighty favorite to Marlon Vera's plus one fifty. I can see it. I think they should be heavier for Song Yadong. I love Chito. He's a scrapper. He's gonna go get it. But Song Yudong's gonna technically just just work Cheeto, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, Song Yudong has been, uh, I think, a surprise for a lot of people. Killer. He kind of came from from just nowhere. From Korea. And uh, he's one. Um, he's from China. But anyway. No, 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 uh, no way! No, I'm about to look that up. You're he lying. was Hulan District Harbin Helioyang. You're full of shit. China. You're full of shit. His nickname is the Kung Fu Cole's Monkey. Full of shit. Don't listen to anything. Uh, <laughs> he's from Korea. Uh, nationality Chinese. No. I don't know what else to say. Uh, anyway, Song Yudong. Uh, yeah, he's been a, a pleasant surprise. I think he's definitely emerging as one of the top contenders out of China for sure. Just one of the top uh, contenders of the, in the featherweight division. Uh, period. Same can be said for Marlon Vera, though, in terms of being, a, you know, a, definitely a, a fighter to watch. He's won five straight. All of those fights have been by stoppage. Um, but I would argue that his toughest opponent, um, you know, in his last five fights, uh, you know, going to this one is going to be Song Yadong. It's going to be a tough matchup. If you go through our fight, if you go through our log history, episodes five through ten, you'll hear me make a list of potential uh, future contenders. 
uh, Christoph Jocko was on that list. Uh, if I could redo that list, uh, Stow Chicken Jocko wouldn't be on it anymore. So I, yeah, I, 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 I had, uh, I had, uh, I have a thing for Eastern European fighter. I, I don't know. Um, Christoph Jocko is a minus one fifty five favorite to Eric Anders. Plus 30 underdog. Eric Anders, uh, has he fought since Khalil? Yeah, he beat Vinicius Moreira, who's that big Brazilian that they just feed to people so he can get KO'd. And then uh, he beat Gerald Mearshart in a close decision. Uh, you know, um, what were the odds again? Minus 155 to plus 130. I, I like um, Eric Anders a lot. I think he, you know... Based on his football background and his first two wins in the UFC, people kind of thought he was he was going to be a contender. I just I don't know that he's really developed to that point yet. Um, he's suffered some pretty bad losses. Uh, with that being said, Christoph Jotko has beat some some decent fighters throughout his career up to this point. He had a win over Tallis Ladies. Um, I mean, I guess beyond that, he hasn't really beat anybody too, too notable himself. But uh, I just think he's probably the better technical fighter. So unless Andrews can finish Jocko, I think Jocko will probably win a decision here. Uh, I'm going to go with Jocko there uh, as well. Uh, up next, we, ha- we have what should be the main event of the evening. Mr. Edson Barbosa. He's not making his featherweight debut. Yeah, he is. Okay, is Edson Barbosa and his... Featherweight debut is a minus one twenty five favorite to Mr. Dan Ige's plus one hundred five underdog. Love this fight, very excited for it. It'll be interesting to see if Barboza makes weight. Uh, not not speculating that he won't, but it's just he he doesn't look like a guy that can cut to featherweight, uh, but he's doing it. Um, you know, he's a, a guy that again surging in the UFC with with. I mean, I, you know, he, I can't really say that he didn't live up to expectations. He really, he's been ranked as high as, I think, fourth in the world. I mean, he's picked up some really big wins. But just lately, you know, he's lost four of his last five. He definitely seems to have slowed down in terms of, uh, you know, beating top fighters at lightweight. So he's trying something different here to keep his career going. I mean, Barboza's 34 years old, so uh, definitely the tail end of things for these light, you know, for a lighter weight fighter. Um, Dan Ige, on the other hand... Is uh, yeah, he 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 is extremely good, which is surprise. I remember his UFC debut against Julio Arce. He he just lost. I, I just remember watching that fight, not thinking much of it. But because of that fight, I picked against Ige in like the next three or four fights. It took me a while to come around to him, but uh, at this point, I I think Danny Ige is a pretty good fighter. Um, he seems to just take everything he does seriously, so I, I know that he'll be prepared for this fight. Um. And for that reason, I, th- I think I'm gonna take Ige here. I'm gonna go Barbosa. Really? I, I, if Barbosa can healthily make weight, which that's the big if here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's the better fighter. I uh, could. I mean, I could agree with you there. And the size will be a lot. To me, there's just too many what ifs to pick Barbosa. But you are right. If he can cut, he's five foot eleven. Yeah. He's a. He know, was a big. He was a big lightweight. Yeah. Whereas you know Ige's five seven, which is arguably you know kind of small for the featherweight division even. So. Uh, uh, up next, we're gonna play a game. The game is who's Angela Hill stepping in for? Um. Do you know? No, was oh, she booked oh, was for was this fight? What I should have happened because I don't know. I mean, Angela Hill is one of those fighters. I'm imagining there was some Russian or you know, let's e- see, East you know, Eastern Hemisphere woman 
that was booked for this fight. Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping. From what I see, it looks like Jesus this was an original H. booking. Christ, the booking in this fight is more than questionable. I think it probably comes down to, you know, Angela Hill has won three straight, which doesn't say a ton. But I just think it has more to do with Gadelia sort of falling down the car. I mean, I'm an Angela Hill fan, always have been for some reason. Uh, I think it's because she was like the first fighter I followed on Twitter, uh, which means nothing. But yeah, uh, anyway, Claudia uh, Gadelia, at one point, it seemed like she was a potential champion. At this point, though, she's kind of alternating wins and losses. Uh, that being said, I still think she's probably going to beat Angela Hill. Minus 195 to plus 165 for Miss Hill. Gadelia is the favorite. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Gadelia's probably going to win. I got Claudia. I got Claudia there. Uh, up next, we have. Uh, Shout out to Kevin Garnett. Uh, we have Walt Big Ticket Harris. Okay. Um, Big Ticket was originally gifted to Kevin Garnett, so go ahead. I love you. Uh, Walt Harris uh, lost a stepdaughter mm-hmm. since fighting last. Uh, very. Uh, he hasn't fought since that, right? No, he was okay. supposed to fight. Uh, I think, was it Verdum? He was supposed to fight somebody. Yeah, that was supposed um, to be the main event for, like, uh, Australia. Oh, was, oh, he was supposed to fight Overeem in December, I believe, initially. Was and the then they event. pushed that back to well, yeah. Corona, and then Corona pushed Initially, the fight was canceled because he his daughter yes, disappeared. Yes, yes, yes. That was and, supposed to be overseas. Yeah, I believe it was. Uh, and now they find themselves in Jacksonville, Florida. Oddly enough, uh, which is, you know, foreign to most people that live in the United States... Oddly enough, Mr. Harris is a minus one, if you ask me, oddly enough, 160 favorite to Alistair Overeem's plus 140 underdog. Um, uh, for starters, a little, uh, the Walt Harris situation, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about that. We don't really know enough about it to sit here and go into great detail on it. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that obviously affected Walt Harris' Harris's life beyond his career. And this is his first fight back uh, since all of that happened, which uh, it's it's not really something that you can really analyze because it's something that so few people have had to deal with. Right. Like. You never know how somebody's going to respond. And you hope it's in a positive way. You hope that his career is able to, you know, continue flourishing. Because he, he really it was on the best run of his career, of course, until, I guess, this tragedy happened. So it definitely is unfortunate uh, for for him that he's had. I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate for her because of what happened to her, you know, to his daughter, whose, whose name was Anaya Blanchard. Well, no, I don't mean it that way. But I'm just saying Rest for him. Peace, yeah, for sure. But it's just for him. It, it's wild to think what he... And, and his entire family must have gone through. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And it's just not something that anybody can really, I mean, who's dealt with that? I just, it's insane. I don't know anybody who's had a relative get kidnapped or murdered. Yeah, so I mean, props to him for, for uh, you know, I guess getting his life back on track as best as somebody can do in, in this sort of a situation. Anyway, that's the end of my, my rant. Oh, but I didn't offend anybody. Uh, I don't. I think Harris being the favorite's interesting. Again, it's probably based off of his hand speed. Uh, Overeem's just not known for his chin. With that being said, um, I, I mean, I just I've got to go with Overeem in this one. Uh, I'm going to do the same. I think a big factor is the way Overeem got stopped in his last fight. Jarzinho kind of put that work up on him. Uh, and Walt Harris, as you said before this tragedy happened, was on the best run of his career. It was a nice run. Yeah. Um. I just think there's a huge skill gap there. I think Walt Harris's fight IQ isn't the highest, and he won't know when to grapple. And I don't think he has a massive grappling advantage against Alistair Overeem. And I doubt he's got feet, one at all. Honestly. If it stays on the feet, 
I, I, I love Alistair on the feet. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is the type of fight where Overeem can really let his hands and knees fly. With that being said, Walt Harris, I, I absolutely believe, has the ability to, to beat Overeem. His hand speed is, is, I mean, probably quicker than anybody's. And at heavyweight, that really holds a lot of value. I mean, if you watch his last two fights, he's just knocked dudes out with, like, the first combinations that he's thrown. So I think he definitely has the potential. But I just, to me, it's difficult to look at this fight and see how Walt Harris is the favorite when... Overeem's just such an accomplished striker, and he generally only loses to guys that, um, you know, are, are, are pretty well established. And I just don't know that Harris really has done enough for me to think that he'll beat Overeem here. Right. But uh, but if he does, it's definitely a huge win for his career. Absolutely. And um, and again, I mean, I know that what happened to him is a lot bigger than fighting, but just considering it, you want to see good things happen. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Walt Harris. I have nothing against Alistair. I'm rooting me neither. for Walt, but... Yeah, and this is one of those things, though, where... You know, Overeem, he's not like, it's not that he's done anything wrong, but you know, 95% of the people watching this fight are going to be cheering for Walt Harris. So, um, yeah. I deep, guess that's pretty much that's Deep pretty much breath. That. Three cards. I think we're under 45 minutes right now. You're welcome. That takes extraordinary talent. Uh, we are the GOATs at MMA Podcasting. 45 uh, 35 right now. So, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and sign off here. You can follow me at P-T-D-S-H-A-N-H. Oh, Jesus. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Patricio L. Dog, if you're trying to look me up. Uh, um, as always, uh, anything that I write these days is going to be on the scrap. I have this article that I've been working on about Lee Murray for, seems like, 17 years now. Done with that, so it should be uh, up soon, hopefully. Beyond that, as always, I recommend that you check out... Uh, Ray's on a plot of soup, and we shouted him out earlier, but ah, we'll do it a second time. Uh, the Fighting With Myself podcast. Check those out for good MMA content. Shout out Ray, uh, shout out Juice. From the Twitter community. There's a lot out there. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Yeah, I'm not going to do a sign-off.